Yeah, thank you, Helen. Uh, let's stand for the gospel reading if we are able. The gospel is taken from Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 25. Uh, Jesus then saw, just then, not Jesus, just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbour as yourself. As he said to him, and he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while travelling, came near to him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and when I come back I will repay you whatever more you spend. Jesus said, which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy... Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Now we've had two wonderful readings today. One from Colossians, where Paul uh, basically writes to the town and says, you're amazing, you're great, you're sharing what God is doing in your life and people are being changed. That is amazing. And you know what Jesus has done for you. And then we have our Luke's gospel that we have just heard that talks about how do I get eternal life and who is my neighbour? And then we get the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, again, I said earlier, it is all about what we believe and what we do, how we act and what we say. That is what we are looking at. So the Colossians reading says, Lead lives worthy of the Lord, imitating Christ, being like little Christians, fully pleasing him and bearing fruit. Now, if I said bearing fruit, let's have a little bit of a, a, a bit of a quiz. Neil, if I said I've got an apple tree, what fruit's going to be on it? Pears. Apples. Thank you, Neil. Uh, let's try over here. Uh, someone over here. Cyril, if I have... I was going to use pear. I can't use that now. 
If I have a plum tree, what fruit am I going to get on it? Plums. Excellent. Right. Um, Jemima, if I have a Christian tree, what fruit am I going to find? Christians. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, That's the thing, is the fruit of the church was more people were knowing who Jesus was. More people were knowing who he was. They knew the truth and the hope that comes from the gospel. That is eternal life. A relationship with God, which is restored. Woohoo! It's amazing. Colossians reading is superb. It is great. That is what the church is about. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I got really excited at that point about this talk, and then I looked at the gospel reading, and it went downhill from there, yeah? Uh, And I'm going to talk to you about this lawyer who comes to Jesus and says, how do I get eternal life? Jesus passes it back and says, what do you think? So I just want to say, for future talks and stuff like that, Jesus does audience participation, yeah? Uh, that's, that's, That's his way of working. He asks, what do you think? Uh, so we can do it from here, that's fine. But he asks him, and the guy says, this is what you should do. He gives an answer. And then Jesus says, you're right. And I wasn't sure whether Jesus was right, actually. Let's read what he actually said. Here we go. Um, so, uh, what is written in the law? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. I mean, hang on a sec. Didn't Jesus say the only way to eternal life was through him? I'm sitting there going, hang on, something's not quite right here. Either Jesus is wrong... Or I am missing something. I am missing the point. So when you're in difficulty, when you're in a struggle, when you have lost something, the aim is to keep going looking for it. I lost my keys last week. Yeah, I'm always... Helen, where's Helen? I'm always losing my keys, aren't I? Yeah. The first thing I do when I lose my keys is I shout for help. Has anybody seen my key? And then I start looking. And at one point, I can get my whole household looking for my keys, yeah? You ask for help, you look for support, you, you dig a little bit deeper. You look in the places that you really think the keys aren't, but you go anyway. And I had to do the same with this gospel reading. I had to go, all right, well, I know Jesus isn't wrong when he says you've got it right. Because we've just sung about Jesus. He was there at the beginning, he's creator of the world. He's God himself in human form. I don't think I can say Jesus has got it wrong. So something's got to be there. So I looked and I dug deeper. And this is what I found. The lawyer is actually saying these words. It's part of a Jewish prayer. It's called the Shema. And he reads it. So he's saying, uh, love the Lord your God. It's from Deuteronomy 6. Uh, And he does that bit and he's basically saying, this is what we do. This is what we believe. And then the last bit about loving your neighbour is from a bit of Leviticus within the, the whole list of do nots. There is a bit that says, do not seek revenge or bear grudge against the fellow Israelite, but love your neighbour as yourself. He is basically saying what the Old Testament law says. 
And he said, that's what it is. And Jesus says, you're right. But as I looked into it, and I looked into what the Shema was and uh, why they do it, there was a word missing. And in the Jewish translation, uh, in the Old Testament, it says this. It says, listen. Love the Lord your God. And this word, listen, has such impact on um, Hebrew-speaking people. Because for us, listen just means take your fingers out your ears and let it come in. But for God's people, the word uh, for listen means take it in, digest it, let it sit with you, let it change you, and let it come back out. The word listen means it's an active thing. It's an action to do. And they had ways of doing it. Now, I need a volunteer. Um, all right, bringing Joseph out to be a volunteer. Are you all right being on the screen? Is that okay? Yeah. Right, come with me. Now, you see, how old are you, Joseph? Nine. Nine. Right, when he gets a little bit older, if you were a Jewish young man you would go through a bar mitzvah, which is basically you becoming an adult. And they would give you some gifts as part of growing up. And they would give you these things. I've forgotten what they're called. Hang on. They are called... I've got to find it. Tefillin. It's a collective name for these two little boxes. And in these boxes, they would put scriptures from the Old Testament. And we're going to start with this one. This is a makeshift one, yeah? So I do apologise if anybody has a Jewish heritage, I'm probably being really bad at the moment. And what they would do is they'd place this on your hand. Are you left or right-handed? Right. You're right-handed, so I need your left hand. There we go. And what they'd do is they'd place that in the palm, and they would wrap around this bit of stuff, and it would go round the arm seven times. And this is part of their daily prayer. There we go. And it goes seven times around there. And then they would wrap this round uh, the middle fingers... Like so. And this would go around three times. It's a bit long, but I do apologise. And in this box, in this, uh, what would have been a leather box, not a paper one, would have four different scriptures from the Old Testament. And they'd do this bit here, and they'd do another one, which is here. Uh, and this is the one that goes round the place where you think. Now, if I ask you to paint, uh, point to your body about where you think, everybody point to your body where you do your thinking. Right. Here. So where this goes is on here. And what they're basically doing is they are putting the words of God, what they believe, at the places where they think and where they act. What they believe and what they do. And in these readings, they talk about how God saved people. How he saved them out of Egypt. How he brought them out of slavery into freedom. It also... Uh, talks about how they should give gifts to God of their first fruits. Oh, that sounds like our other reading, doesn't it? The fruit. First fruit should be given back to God because of the wonders that he's done. Yeah? And in this, uh, what we start to see is we start to see that actually God's people are coming into a place where they are recognising who God is. Now, how often do you think you needed to do this? Once a day, once a week, once a month. What do you reckon? Um, once a week. Once a week. Unfortunately, it was daily. And it was twice a day. Once in the morning, once in the evening. 
Uh, and if you go to Jerusalem and you're by the Wailing Wall, you'll see people still with these on. And it was for boys and girls in some parts of uh, the Jewish culture. And the reason they did it was, I've got to look at my notes now. The reason they did it was, you would be keeping the word in your heart, yeah, that you would recite them and talk about them with your children. Oh, that's you. <laughs> yeah. Your parents' children, not mine. Um, So you would recite them. You would teach it to your children. You would talk about it over the dinner table. You would do it morning and night. They would bind them to your hand as a sign of what you're going to do. You would put them on your forehead as an emblem of what you stand for. You know cars have like little signs on the front. And depending on what sign you've got on the front, it tells you what's in the car or what you expect to get. That's what this is, to expect what God is doing. They also say to take these scriptures and write them on your doorposts and your gates. Why? Because as you come and you go, you remember daily in every aspect of your life who God is and what he does. They should be in your heart and on your lips. Yeah? The whole point of this Shema, the words that the lawyer was speaking out was you come towards your God. You've done really well. Do you want to go back to your seat and see whether mum can get them off you? Excellent. Now, you see, when Jesus said, you know, if you do that, that's right. Yeah, no, you will get eternal life. I think Jesus knew that actually when you come into that place, you're going to connect in with God and you are going to see me staring back at you because as I started reading these scriptures I realized it was declaring more about who Jesus was than anything and it reminded me of Jesus's words where he says uh, those who know the father they know me and those that know me know my father there's me oh actually hang on I can see why Jesus said it's okay because in other parts of the gospel it says you can only get to God through Jesus, which is the truth. He was talking about the completion of what was being said here. And then the second part of what the lawyer said was, what about my neighbor? And that's where Jesus turns it on its head. You see, the lawyer was puffing up his chest going, I'm an Israelite, tell me who's my neighbor. Because in the Old Testament, the neighbour was only the Israelite. Romans didn't count. Gentiles didn't count. Foreigners, they were gone. It was only God's people that were important. So when he said, but tell me who is my neighbour, Jesus turns the table and goes, let me tell you a story. Now, I need three people for my story. So I'm going to pick Bimbi, Helen and Therame. Up you come. Thank you for volunteering so willingly. Um, that is wonderful. Because you see, the Levite, oh, sorry, the, um, the lawyer was saying, who's important? And Jesus uses this moment to say, right, I'm going to do some teaching with you. I know that when you meet with my father, you will meet with me. But I'm going to tell you a story about how we do business, how our actions match our words. And... He tells a story about a man being beaten and robbed. And there's a priest that comes along. <laughs> He's a rubbish priest. He walks on the other side of the road. Yeah. Thank you. Um, absolutely rubbish. 
He doesn't get it. And then there's a Levite. A Levite was somebody, one of the tribes of uh, God's people, so one of the 12 tribes of Israel. But they were set aside for the work of the temple. Yeah? But they were also rubbish because they stood on the other side. But then there was somebody else, a Samaritan, someone, I'm really sorry, an outcast from God's people. There we go. Someone who wasn't allowed in. Well, you'll always be allowed back. It's okay. All right. Always allowed back. This is, this is not a word of prophecy. This is just a helpful teaching aid. Um, the Samaritan who supposedly wasn't worth much, wasn't going to do anything, was our hero. Let's give our hero a round of applause. There we go. You see, the good Samaritan was a man. Oh, you're 18 now, aren't you? was a man who knew what he needed to be doing. His actions were right and were in line. So when Jesus told this story, he was saying, actually, you guys, you need to sort yourselves out. This is what we need to see because our actions and our words uh, are being uh, joined together. And Jesus just says those nice, easy words at the end. He's, <laughs> the lawyers asked, how do I get eternal life? And Jesus said, I'm going to teach you about this. And he just says, go and do likewise. Yeah, that's it. Go and do likewise. So when we talk about our, our way of being, how should we be? We need to be the way in which Jesus teaches us. The way in which the church in Colossae was. The way in which people were um, excited about what they were seeing. They were being like Jesus to the people around them. They were caring. They were loving. They were looking after. And that's the same command on us. Now, we're all called to be Jesus in our words and our deeds. To share his kingdom, uh, the kingdom of his light which is our inheritance, and share it with all. Jesus knows far better than we do. The lawyer went where he was with the question that he had, and Jesus spoke into his life. Wherever you are, whatever questions you have, please don't hold them back from God. Don't hold them back from Jesus. Let him come to you in those questions and those answers. Just like I had to do when I looked at the scriptures and went, how does that make sense? We have to dig a little deeper. We have to reveal the glory of what's actually happening. Um, And my last thing, yeah, no, digging a little bit deeper. Um, What I would like to do to finish is um, I would like to use the reading from Colossians uh, to pray uh, for us as a group of people, uh, for Christians, and also for you guys as well. If you turn your sheets over, there we go. Excellent. You've got a few bits there that we can do. Hang on. So um, I love audience participation because it's in the way of Jesus, yeah? Um, Bimby, can you read the words out on there for me? Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of God's will for us. Yeah, Father God, we want to pray that we would have an understanding of where you are calling us, where you are calling us to, that we would have knowledge beyond our understanding, Uh, Because it's your ministry that we step into. Helen. Strength, endurance, patience and joyfulness for the journey. Yeah. Father God, we pray for every single Christian 
that you would fill them with the strength and all that they need for the journey. So that when those storms come, when things get difficult, that actually you are the rock in which they stand. That you give them what they need for the journey. Yes, Lord. What does yours say? Um, thankfulness for Jesus' light and the kingdom in which we find our redemption and forgiveness. Yeah. And Father God, we pray that all Christians everywhere would just have that real thankful, joyful heart. That they know where they are going, they know what you call them to, and they know that they have been redeemed and forgiven. That they stand in the truth of your gospel, that they are restored with their Father in heaven. So Lord, we just want to thank you for this message today. We want to thank you that you love us, that you call us, and you send us out to go and do likewise. In Jesus' name we say, Amen. Now, thank you guys. Bimbi, you can stay here. <laughs> because, a microphone, we now have the... Uh, we just got the Lord's Prayer and the Offertory Prayer. Um, which should come up on the screen.